This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Himka Logos. Himka Logos is a Pensacola-based logo design business, though they do service uh, anyone, anywhere who has graphic design needs. Their founder, Ethan Himka, takes on um, other logos or website design uh, projects as well. Um, but they specialize, Himka Logos specializes in real estate agents, branding and logos Any for any real estate professionals. I have personally used him. He's done all of my work and I've referred him a number of other business, um, number of other businesses, excuse me. I love the sleek, modern designs that he does. They're super creative. He's very, very easy to work with and he's a really good friend of mine. So you should definitely go check out his portfolio. It's at himcalogos.com. That's exactly how it sounds. Himka, H-I-M-K-A, logos.com. Or you can go check out his Instagram. It's at Ethan Himka Graphics. He just passed 30,000 followers, which is awesome. Um, and it's because he does a great job. So go give him a shot if you have any design work. Again, Himka Logos. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. As always, we appreciate everyone who's listening. This is episode 43 of Escambia Empires, which is a show dedicated to shining the spotlight on local business owners and entrepreneurs here in Pensacola and the surrounding areas. For this episode, I'm joined as always by my brother and co-host Danny. What's up, Danny? Hey, what up? And for this episode, our guest is J.D. Cobb of Cobb Productions, um, which is a photography, videography, full-service production company here in Pensacola. Um, and I met him at the Pensacola Athletic Center just a couple months ago, and we hit it off, and we were talking and uh, decided to get him on the show. So we talk about a lot of the different things that got him into the business in the first place, how he transitioned from part-time to full-time, how he goes about getting clients. And, and what I liked about the episode, one of the biggest things is his list of questions that he uses as a deciding factor for every, every decision or every direction that he's wanting to go. He's got a list of questions that he consults. Um, and he talks about how the Lord has led him in his business and in his personal life. Really, he's a good guy. And I, I enjoyed this podcast episode. Hope you guys get something from it. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Here's JD Cobb. How's it going, man? It's good. <laughs> awesome. I feel great. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. So you just came off of a candida cleanse. I did just come off a of candida cleanse. There it is. So awesome. I don't crave sugar. I don't crave bread, but I still eat it. So I can actually enjoy it without feeling like like I need to yeah. have it to get through my day. That's Interesting. great. Um, that's we were just talking about, we were just making a joke about how we don't want to talk too much about 75 Heart on the podcast because right. we talk about it so much. Um but that's an interesting that you just said is after doing a cleanse, once you get through it, when you stop craving it, it's like you just kind of realize it's more of an aerial aerial view and you're just like, I, I can just leave that. Take right. it or leave it. It's yeah. really, exactly. it's kind of, I feel like it's a little bit of superhuman powers. Because now <laughs> I drive is. by billboards for like Whataburger and I'm like, ah, it doesn't yeah, even look I'll good. Pass. And I'm like, I just feel. Shows feel, you how powerful your mind yeah, is. Well, sure. when you have your mind in line with like a, a properly functioning mm -hmm. body yeah 100 yeah, percent. that's true yeah. so um nutritional uh stories aside go ahead and give everybody a uh rundown of you your business kind of your history um what brought you to pensacola and then we'll just jump off from there cool my name is jd cobb my company is jd cobb productions i actually am from the area grew up in pace um, that's right okay. went to pace high school Went to college down at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Played golf there for four years. Um, played professional golf for a couple years. Once I was done doing that, then I um, I actually did some video work on the side. So um, I transitioned from professional golf to a full-time videography company. So we offer you know full uh, wedding videography services as well as like a full production uh, television production house. Not that's television production awesome. house. I graduated with a broadcast television degree, oh, so that's my background. But um, I do more of like film production style stuff now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I was Go just ahead, gonna man. highlight. I I love seeing like videos. It's cool to see pictures of people's weddings, but there's something about videos that just makes it feel right. so I don't know engaging. That's well, it's awesome. the only way you can literally relive your wedding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. One, well, to be honest, before the podcast, I was just doing some research and just going and watching just even the product videos that you have on, on your Facebook and oh, Instagram yeah. pages. They're done really, really well. Thanks. Um, yeah, you do a great job. Appreciate so it. you graduated with a degree and did you, you were doing golf. Is that, you knew that you were going to do this then? Yeah. What was golf? Um, was it just a so placeholder? 
golf was like my sports passion and mm-hmm. it was something I was better than uh, most kids at. So I played football and baseball growing up like everybody else. Um, and then I kind of stopped growing and my dad was like, all right, we need to transition sports. <laughs> so he found golf. My cousin who was out in California was really good at golf and I naturally got into it, found out I was pretty good. Um, and then I ended up getting scholarship to play and once my four years was up, I was talking to my college coach at Southeastern, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I have some money saved up. You know, what do you think? And he's like, well, if you have money, just, like, give it a shot. He's like, you're never going to be as good as you are now, Yeah. especially if you were to stop and then restart. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give it a shot. So for two years, I played, and I progressed the way I anticipated to progress, but I ended up hitting a wall, and or actually, I didn't hit a wall. I finished a tournament, I was driving home, and I was like, you know what, I don't love this game like I thought I loved it, because it was like, okay, I made some money, and then I was like, all right, what's next? I'm like, okay, we'll celebrate a little bit, and then, okay, back to the grind on Monday, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. So that's when I called it quits, and I was like, I'm done. So then I pursued, you know, doing video work full-time you know, instead of part-time. Okay. So you transitioned into something that you were already doing. Already doing. Uh, Gotcha. So they were both technically first loves because growing up, I loved playing with video cameras and feeling like pretending like I was on the news. So I'd always had a passion for that. And then I had already was on a fast track to finish, um, kind of finish my degree early. Um, but I stayed four years to play professional or to play golf. Yeah. So once I finished that, I almost got an internship with NASCAR it was like, I was, yeah, I was down to the final, um, the final, you know, interviewees. I was competing with like maybe two or three people at most. And it was for a broadcast internship. And the girl who got me connected, she was like the number one intern with uh, NASCAR that year or the year before. So she dropped my name and I'm sure that got me through. But yeah, once I got through most of the interview process, I was like, OK, I'm either going to get into the industry and do, you know, broadcast television and mm-hmm. go to where I want to go in the sports world or you know, play professional golf. And then the interview ended up, um, I ended up not getting the spot. So I was like, okay, let's play professional golf. And then, gotcha. you know, then it wrote its course. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that's, it's so interesting to me just seeing how, um, just how different people get their start. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes it just falls into people's laps or maybe they inherit a business or different things like that. Um, and then sometimes it's like, you know, that you enjoy it, you know, that right. you want to do it. And then it just becomes the the logical step. So you were doing it part-time for a little while and then decided to transition full-time. Um, a lot of what we try and do on the podcast is just exposing and getting information from local people. You know, right. you have, you have a business that's mm-hmm. obviously doing well. Um, and so I'm always intrigued to know how you went from, doing it part-time to doing it mm-hmm. full-time that transition is so hard for most mm-hmm. people i feel like everybody everybody wants to do their own business right, but that do. transition is the hardest part it is because it's like it's feast or famine yeah. like most you know businesses kind of when you don't know what you're doing you don't have your marketing set up and yeah it was really hard and i knew it would be hard going into it so i decided i was like you know what let's just do this part-time i was working at edwin watts golf shop um kind of when I was done playing golf, it was just kind of my placeholder until I had enough clients to pick up. Sure. And then um, once the reality came of like, I was literally only working there one day a week. And obviously that's not enough to live off of, yeah. but it came to the point, I was like, that one day a week cost, it felt like it cost me so much money. And then once I realized that, I was like, okay, we're going to do this full time. Then I hit the ground running. And thankfully I had a couple big clients at the very beginning while I was still working part time. Um, to kind of help me carry me through, really show me what the industry was about and what I needed to do. And it's like me playing golf, like anything you do at a professional level, you have to do it very meticulously and very good at a high level. So, and that was um, a thought process that I had when I was playing golf. And I transitioned, you know, that work ethic into creating videos. And even when I was in college, I wasn't that great at making videos, Mm -hmm. but I was really great at producing videos. I knew how to make videos. I knew how to direct. Mm. So I took all those talents and then transitioned it or translated it into, you know, what I do now within the film industry. So once I figured out how hard it actually was, it wasn't that hard because I knew I had to work hard to like get here. So Mm -hmm. now that I understood what a proper work ethic was, it's like, okay, what do we need to do to get things in place? Now let's just figure it out yeah Yeah. i feel like sports will 
just they really help people having that mindset of like okay i just have to mm-hmm. work hard at this and this and this and then you know totally. I, I, yeah i feel like it translates into uh real life really well um so that's cool now you said you had a couple a couple big clients how did you find those when you first started out i feel like getting clients yeah. in the very beginning mm-hmm. is super super it's tough hard it's like well the first big client i had only think i had two big clients so the first the, the technically the first big client i had was a company out of Canada who did some body track mat stuff. And um, I was still playing professional golf at the time. And my trainer, she um, she had the connection. She was working with them. And she was like, hey, we need pictures and a video. And I was like, oh, cool. This is crazy. This is an international client that I'm <laughs> yeah. dealing with right now. So, like, I kind of named my price, and I was really nervous. It was literally, like, $1,600, so it wasn't that much. But in my mind, when I'm working, like, when I'm making, like, 1600 bucks in a month, I'm Uh like, I can do this in one day. Like, this is crazy. It was, like, no editing required. Just go and shoot it and send it off. So uh, that was my first big client, but that was through word of mouth. And then another big client was American Lube Fast, which is an oil changing company. They have like 50 locations across the southeast. And I went in and made all their training videos for them. Wow. Yeah, because and that was in 2017 or 18, one of the, somewhere around there. Um, but that was another one that was through word of mouth. It was my business mentor. He had name dropped and he was like, hey, you know, contact this guy. And he reached out to me. We had an initial meeting and I was like, you want to see any of my work? He's like, no, nah, we trust you. <laughs> I was like, man, all right. He sounds yeah, good. That word yeah. of mouth is so, so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Cause, so, yeah. Uh, you just have that that trust or that rapport already by, right. by surrogate from whoever mm-hmm. referred you. And you kind of like, I mean, the longer you're in business, you start, I mean, at least me anyways, I was downplaying how powerful word of mouth was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I need to get my marketing right. And I need to get my ideal client. Yeah. And like, that is very true. But it's like word of mouth carries so much more validity yeah. than finding the client online and yeah. then, you know, trying to validate yourself through, you know, other ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that's something that in the real estate industry, I feel like so many people are so focused on that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where's the perfect lead source? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's just really, you're asking the wrong questions right. or pursuing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So, so you were doing like training videos and stuff like that. And I mean, like you said, you're a full service production house essentially now. Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing everything by yourself in the beginning. Yeah, pretty okay. much everything by myself. So um, how do you make the transition then into that full service? Are you? Do you have different people working with you now? I remember talking about this with you. We met oh, in the yeah. sauna, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just completely off topic. Of um, we were just sitting, talking talking business. And I was like, yeah. hey, let's get you on the podcast. I mean, yeah, you're just sitting there together. What? Yeah, what there's nothing else. Well, yeah, yeah, let's just talk, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I've a, had hi. a couple people. Like I had a guy come in the other day um, and he had his beats on and we just sat in silence. And I normally oh, go in there so for like awkward. 35 minutes yeah, at a time. Yeah, it is. I was like, mm, okay, no, I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. But anyway, you were saying is your wife working with you now or I think so my just... wife she has her own company okay. she has her own business okay so gotcha. we're both self-employed we both you know, make oh, our own okay. money that's man awesome. that's super cool but you do have help though now I do have help okay. so you know there are guys that I will outsource work to whether it's graphics or editing or whatever it is I don't want to do essentially yeah like I you know budget everything out I'm like okay what is it I actually want to work on this week I'll work on what I want to work on and then I'll send off to other people that you know, are probably that are actually better than me at what I do. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's the interesting thing. We have a, a buddy who does um, freelance design work. And so he right. does his own clients and things like that. But also he's got another business that refers to him yeah. and he charges his same exact prices, but he's able to do their work for them. So everybody kind of makes money. And mm-hmm. I just feel like outsourcing, like you said, you can outsource to people who are maybe not better than right. you, but they, you know, if that's all they do, maybe they are better than you. Exactly. And you're providing them some deal flow. So it, it just works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Wins, yeah. Um, I feel like that's one of those things that once you kind of get a whiff of, you, you never go back. You do not want to go back. Yeah. I was editing, like, I remember the first couple wedding clients that I had. Um, I made the wedding video. The clients were really happy. I was like, wow, that was a lot of work. That's, I'm like, I don't know yeah. if I want to do this. And then later on, I ended up finding a guy who was, you know, editing my videos. And I was like, wow. I was like, he just made that. And my company <laughs> produced that. I was like, this is way better. I was like, you're a better editor. I know what the bride and the groom needs on yeah. wedding day. I'm like, this is like a match made in heaven. So then you figure out, you know, what the editor needs to know in order to give them 
in order to give your clients the product that they wanted, mm. you know, even though I'm not actually doing it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to ask is how you kind of how you quality control and make sure that the job is understood. How do you, are you working with the same person on an ongoing basis? Do they kind of know yeah, your thought process? Now? I like to work with the same person if possible. Okay. And obviously most of the guys I work with, they're going to be freelancers as well. So they have the ability to um, charge whatever they want to charge there or say no, if they don't want to take it, which sure. I'm totally cool with that. But yeah. cause if you think about it, it's like you go to Fiverr, you go to Upwork, you go to wherever you want to go, you can find, editors everywhere yeah so it's not like you know oh this one person is going to make or break your business so it's like so me on my end as a production company i have to realize what the client needs and i have to effectively communicate that to my editor regardless of who it is mm. sure hmm. interesting so. mm. um and i think that's one of the problems that most people have is translating what's up here mm -hmm. and making sure that someone else understands correctly what the job is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just letting go <laughs> of, I, of part of it. That's one thing people don't do very well is let go of like, Oh, this is my baby. I can't let it go. I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. You can be one main band. You can do that. And it's going to be, you're going to make great products. You're going to mm -hmm. make great videos. You're going to take great pictures, whatever. But it's like, if companies are really looking to, scale and grow it's like you know i've always encouraged like whether they're realtors or whether they're other people that want a video for me they're like hey we just we can't afford you what can we do i'm like you know what i highly encourage you to make your own videos do it your way and tell me how it turns out and yeah. it's like they can go and spend you know a thousand dollars and you know it might not it probably won't turn out the way they want it to turn mm -hmm. out and it's like okay well i realize now i'm gonna get what i pay for so yeah. it's like i kind of encourage that but when it comes to, you know, letting go of like what you have control of, it just makes it way easier for everybody to actually do their job. And, you know, everybody grows, everybody benefits. Like you might not make as much money as you want, but the product of the quality of the product that you're actually providing is 10 times better. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it's kind of letting go of that, that short term gratification of having right. been the one who did the entire mm -hmm. project. It's like 40% profit at a good, with a good product or, you know, 30% profit with, you know, an amazing product mm -hmm. that could turn into... Or 10 other... Exactly. Able to do 10 projects in the same exact yeah. time. Exactly, yeah. I think, and that's the other thing, people don't value their time enough to, you know, take that small percentage of a hit to yeah. gain it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something um, I read in a book somewhere, I forget. Well, they were talking about like joint venturing on... Um, flips like real estate deals and right. so many people are like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna split profits with anybody i want 100 percent of my yeah. deals and it's like okay well how many deals have you done none yeah, so okay right. i'd rather do four deals and mm -hmm. split it 50 50 with somebody else and i've done four more deals than you and i've made more money you right know, versus, exactly yeah. like people are really tight-fisted sometimes mm -hmm. um and that's something you just gotta let go of if you if you're trying to scale um so you did that second big client um you did like all their training videos and things like mm -hmm. that. Is that after that? Is that when you started? Yeah. So when that hit, I was like, um, I was like, all right, this is, this is the real deal. Like mm -hmm. I had, I had to like start my company, get my, um, business license, et cetera, go through that whole ordeal. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is for real. Like I need to make a decision. And I didn't actually become full time. This is what is it? 2021. Yeah. I think I became full time in 20, like, like a year and a half ago, like okay. right at the end of 2019 is like right when I started to do it for real full time. Yeah. Right before the pandemic. Okay. Um, so that's when I actually started. Cause my first, that first big client was the realization of you can actually do this and you have the capabilities to land these big clients and handle them and do things very professionally. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So having said that, when you started going full time and you started landing more clients or, or different things like that, um, and maybe this is a bad question, but how did you, in the beginning, one thing that I struggled with is trying to learn more about the industry, mm -hmm. get better skills and also do everything else that's required as a business owner, especially mm -hmm. as, as the sole proprietor, you're right. doing everything. Right. So w what were, what steps did you kind of take from, okay, I have a couple of the clients, but I have to learn how to file an LLC and mm -hmm. do all these different things. How did you increase your skills it in was, addition to that? a lot of googling a Understood. lot of googling because yeah. it's like my dad was a business owner my mom she uh she wasn't a business owner so it's like i felt like i was kind of left you know out in the open like and i was like okay <laughs> let's just start googling how to make an llc how to do this and it was like it was a lot of heartache to the point i was like i don't 
think I can do this. I'd rather find my work or I'd rather, you know, be given work from, you know, Walmart or not Walmart, but it's like, I'd just rather have a retail job, collect that, you know, easy paycheck and Mm -hmm. not have to go through this. And it was like, it was months and months of, you know, figuring that stuff out and figuring out how to, how to properly invoice the client. Like what does invoice even mean? You know, literally things like that. I had no idea. Yeah. So those were, that was just a lot of time spent me on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, the fact that you did all of that and then still stuck with it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the separator because yeah. a lot of people, Absolutely. we talk about this all the time. Um, we, I have people reach out to me often, like curious about starting mm-hmm. in real estate or, yeah. or, you know, they want to get into real estate and I send them the, the <laughs> link for here's the 63 hour course. Yeah. yeah. Here's exactly what you need to do, which I didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, Hey, do this. You got to get fingerprinted. You mm-hmm. got to apply. And, and I just tell them what it, and, you don't hear back from them. Most right. of them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people who I'm very surprised God, with. Yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah. Hey, go, go yeah. you man, do it. Um, but for the most part, when people see the behind the scenes mm-hmm. work that's required, they just don't want any part of it. They you know, not, and it yeah. is like you said, it's, it's a lot of just mm-hmm. being unsure and trying to figure out who to ask or even what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's so much of that, you know, feast or famine mentality yeah. that people have that really drives them away. So once they realize, oh shoot, I'm left out in the middle of nowhere. Like no one's feeding me leads. No one's like giving me exactly what I need in order to make money. It's like, I can't do this anymore. And they get mm-hmm. really scared. It's the fight or, fight or flight. And people just, they say, see ya. Yeah, like, let me go yeah. collect my thousand dollars a week and go somewhere else when yeah. in reality you can make so much more. Like just the amount of money that is that, not that that means any, that that's what you live for, but it's like yeah, sure. the fact that you can literally financially provide for your family very comfortably and still live the lifestyle you want to live and not be succumbed to, you know, the man. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's pretty liberating. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. That's something, there's a concept of, um, the cost of not doing something. It's like that opportunity cost. Right. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of, um, stress and, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard to get things started. Mm-hmm. But if you could be making X amount of dollars, like, you know, so-and-so, and that's one reason, again, on the podcast, I, we try and just shine the spotlight on people who are killing it now, right. because if you can do it, somebody, presumably somebody <laughs> else can do, do it. it. So that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, if I can make this happen, somebody else could do oh, it totally. as good, if not better, you know? 100%. Um, so I think it's, it's encouraging to see that. And also right. it's, it's a little bit of a kick in the pants. Like, Hey, this is possible. So you're mm-hmm. giving up that lifestyle for whatever mm-hmm. you have right now, which is not yeah. to say that's some and people it, should do that. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time. I think that's yes. the other thing people don't realize is like people see, you know, myself, you guys are like, Oh, they're in the spotlight. They're absolutely killing. It's like, this took a long time to get here. And neither, none of us are where we really want to be at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Yeah. But the other people don't see the grind. They don't see the day to day. They just see what's on Instagram, Facebook. It's like, yeah, they're doing great. (laughs) Of course. I always knew he was going to do that. I always knew he could do that. It's like, Uh yeah, I'm sure they, we are capable of it, but it's like, it takes a lot of work, unfortunately, to, to get to where we are. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just learn the basics. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the most central things that I would tell people is like, Hey, you can do it, but Oh yeah. You gotta, it's going to be more than you think it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, you know, the one thing that, um, that I do like to tell people is like, there's a lot of people like, what's your secret? What's your secret? I'm like, Hey man, just like the reality is like, there's no secret. Like I can tell you everything I do and you can copy me exactly how you want to do it. But it's a lot of work. Like you just, you have to do it. Like if you do it, it's going to like, you reap what you sow. So, Well, that's the thing. I, I joke about this all the time with them. Well, obviously we're doing 75 hard, you know, it's, um, just throw another plug in there about how we're doing 75 hard. (laughs) Um, but no, everybody knows, everybody knows how to get into shape. Yeah. Everyone, you know, what food is healthy and what's not, you don't have to follow a specific diet Mm -hmm. to just be eating clean and healthy, but it's really hard to do, you know? So I feel like a lot of people fall into that trap of listening to podcasts or, or reading Mm -hmm. self-help books or business books and things like that. And there, I used to be this way. I'd be like, Oh, I have to finish this book before I can do my work for the day. Like I got to read this book in the next two days. I'm not going to prospect today because this book and you're looking for that silver bullet. Right. It's not out there. You know, everybody knows what to do. Mm -hmm. You just got to execute day to day over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's really, that's a good point. That's good advice. Just like, Hey, I'll show you what I'm doing, but you're going to have to put in the work, you know? And mm-hmm. I think everybody just kind of, they want that microwave mentality. Yeah. Like they want it a little bit, they want it quick. Cause you know? I realized it whenever I was like, you know, 
uh, there was like a uh, there's a course like a video course online and they had obviously they always do a lot of marketing to get you to buy the course and i was like you want and one day i was like you know what? i'm gonna buy it there are secrets in there yeah that i know i need to have <laughs> and i started looking through the course i'm like are you serious mm-hmm. i'm like this is stuff one i already know and this is just confirming what i what i already know to do and that there's no secret way to do anything yeah and that's when the reality hit of just like i bought the secrets to success <laughs> yeah and i'm like there are no secrets yeah. to this like yeah. it's all trial and error it's like if you go to a marketing company you're like i want you to give me three times what i pay you they're like okay well you got to give us give us about you know 90 days to figure it out mm-hmm. and then we'll do it yeah but it's like well i only want to spend a thousand dollars this month like well sir you might lose a thousand dollars this month yeah. and no one wants to hear that yeah no one exactly. wants to hear that yeah it's i mean even as far as we just had um a guy on the podcast i think the most recent episode that we did um he's a wholesaler and he's making like crazy amounts of money wholesaling mm. and he's found over a long period of time he all he does is like postcards wow. and he sends postcards to people but he's been doing that for two years now wow and he's just now starting to get his list down mm-hmm. um and my thought was like man if you asked me to spend money on postcards for two years I no way i probably wouldn't do it no yeah. way so it's it's hard to to wave goodbye to that money and know like okay this is a trial and error this is a yeah. test on something and it will come back to you in the future but you are going to have to just test and mm-hmm. and spend money that's what a business is you got to you got to spend money on stuff that you may not you're not guaranteed a return mm-hmm. and i think it comes back to that you're guaranteed money if you go in and clock in and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know at the end it's, yeah, it's the that risk. guarantee it's, like, it's that I certainty I have no expenses uh-huh. I just like it's just time it's like time that's so much more valuable yeah. than any expense you 100%. can have yeah. yeah so kind of switching gears then um I mean, we, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground already, yeah. but having said that, we've already heard some of your, you know, there is no, no secret to mm-hmm. success or, or things like that. If you could go back and, and give yourself advice, um, maybe not tactical, like, well, you know, actually, so twofold, first of okay. all, go back and give yourself like 18 year old self or, or when you first started your business, what do you wish you would have known? And what do you wish that you would have done day to day? that you think would have helped you get to where you are maybe quicker or, you know, things that you wish mm-hmm. that you would have known. Okay. So I think the first, the first thing that I would tell myself, <clears throat> well, when it comes to, I guess the realization of where I am now and how I garner my clients, how I handle my clients or whatever is that the Lord really is in control. Mm. He, he is the one, like, obviously we do our marketing, we do everything we need to do. But at the end of the day, it's like the Lord's going to open eye, the right eyes to actually have you inquire. So it's like all those impressions that you get, you obviously only need a handful of those to make a lot of money. Yeah. So the way that I see it is like the Lord really is in control of your business. And it's like my business is called JD Cobb Productions, but it's like I don't operate as if it's like JD Cobb Productions. This is my baby. This is what I do. I'm like, Lord, if you gave me the idea this is your business at the end of the day. Yeah. So I should be listening to you for all of the things that I need to do. So if I took that mindset, that mentality, when I started it, when I was what, 20, 24, 23 years old, whatever, I'd have been like, okay, Lord, this is your business. Like, where do I go from here? Like, what do I do? And it's like, you know, as a Christian, like I'm very keen to what Holy Spirit says and where he wants me to go. So it's like, there's no business mentor that can tell me anything better than what the Holy Spirit can tell me. <laughs> You're right. You know, so yeah. it's like, okay, if I had that kind of relationship with the Lord, I should be able to say, hey, Lord, what do you want me to go today? Or what do you want me to say to this client? I'm going to get an answer and then I'm going to be able to go forward. It's obviously going to be stress-free because I have a lot of peace in what I hear. So it's like, if I was to take that and then implement it, I'd probably be, you know, 10 times further down the road than where I'm at now. Interesting. That's that something interesting. that we've not heard before on the podcast. Um, well, and it's something like, especially most of the people that we interact with, um, I have been Christians and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting to see that that's kind of like a default perspective, right. but to really believe it and really place your faith in it is it's a whole hard. other thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely cool to see you say that. Yeah. I was like, it was actually, how long ago was this? It's about a month, maybe two months ago. Shortly after we met, I was like, you know, I was really struggling with my business. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Like, not that I didn't have the clients, but I'm just like, I I just wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. And I had to repeat to myself, and this is something my wife actually told me. So like, kudos to her for (laughs) setting me straight. 
but I was like, I don't know what to do with my business. I don't know where to go. I'm really struggling. And she was like, well, she's like, that's not your business. She's mm. like, did you give yourself the idea to start a business? I was like, well, no. She's like, well, this isn't your, you don't have the right to say this is your business. It's like, yeah, you are managing the Lord's business, but you know, he's the one that told you to do this. So you should be taking directions from him. A little bit like, of a challenge there. So yeah. I literally repeated to myself, like for the, for the next hours, like, Lord, this is your business. This is your business. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do with your business? And it was like, I was praying. I was like, Lord, I need you to give me, you know, witty ideas and inventions to, you know, to get to the next step. And it was crazy because Right. I was like, nothing crazy happened. Like there was no epiphany. There was no revelation that came. Right. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go get to work. So I walk into my office. I'm like, oh, look, here's this contract. And I was like, I, and I've needed to create this physical contract into a digital contract. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's just do it. So I sent it to my assistant. She made the contract. She goes, and the contract payment wasn't due for like eight months, something crazy. She goes, okay, great. Where do I pay? And I was like, hey, your contract, it's not due for a while. She's like, yeah, I want to pay now. I was like, thanks, God. <laughs> okay, I was yeah, like, I can, appreciate it. now, that's fine. Now. <laughs> that's when it hit me. I was like, I don't have to do anything crazy in order for the Lord to bless the business. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything crazy because it's like blessings come regardless of how good or bad you think you're doing because yeah. it's like, you know, blessings aren't you know, they're not related to how hard you work yeah, because yeah, that's not yeah. how God works. As long works. as your focus is, is right. Right. And I think it's the reality of like the Lord wants you to do what's at hand today. Like he doesn't want you to worry about yesterday. He doesn't want you to worry about tomorrow. He wants you to do what's in front of you today. Mm. And this whole time, if I had focused on what needed to be done in the moment, like I literally could have taken that physical contract and turned it into a digital contract, you know, a month prior and then had all that money a month prior, but I wasn't, <laughs> I was like, I didn't take care of what I needed to take care of. That was right in front of me. So when I'm yeah. like, Lord, give me these witty and crazy inventions, it was more of like, Hey, just do what you're supposed to do yep. today. Like this isn't rocket science. And I think that's kind of how God is. He's like, Hey, just do what I've asked you to do. It's not hard. Yeah. Just, just do it. Next step. Just basic. A hundred percent. I love that. That's really, that's good advice. Um, so having said that saying, you know, you need to do each day what's in front of you. What are some things with your business, you know, videography, photography, and, mm -hmm. and production, what are some things day to day that will compound over time? Like for us, cold calling, doing things mm -hmm. like that, just getting on the phone, getting out and talking to different people. Um, what are some things that just you, you wish that you would have started in the very beginning? It's mm, a good question. Um, I think the things that I do wish I was a lot better at, it's kind of a play on what exactly what I'm saying, but it's like literally like there are so many things that, you know, I could have done just for example, it's like I have some ceremony videos and speeches videos that I need to get to brides that were months and months and months ago, mm. but it's like I chose not to do that so I could take on this other work so I could, you know, get this other client. But now since I've done that, yeah, I've made some extra money doing that, but now it's like, okay, now I'm back to exactly where I was. And now trying to edit these um, ceremony videos and speeches videos is eating so much into my time mm. that I'm not actually able to focus on what I need to do and garnering the next client. So it's literally, if I take care of what I need to take care of, I've noticed that things fall into place exactly how they need to fall into place. Because it's like my company, I'm not trying to take, you know, five videos at one time and, you know, create these masterpieces and do them in bulk. It's like, I take my time, I do it right. And it's like, of course I'm charging for my time and it's all, it, it all pays for itself. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to go ahead and charge for my time, I might as well give this client my time mm -hmm. and use exclusively. that exclusively. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not about volume. I'm more about, you know, you know, quality over quantity. Mm. So it's like, if I was to actually do what's right in front of me, I wouldn't be in the position where I feel like I'm being, you know, taken from with yeah. time wise. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. I think that's something that's so important is just figuring out for, for each business is going to be different. You mm -hmm. know, some people need to be working with, yeah, you, you need that volume, but some people are more, you know, you, you thrive on just doing one project, doing it well and moving yeah. to the next. Mm -hmm. Um, that's something that everybody I feel has to find a balance in. Yeah. Right. You really do. Cause even like a company like, <clears throat> A company like mine, it's like, I'm only going to, like I said earlier, I, I only have so much bandwidth to give to my clients. And it's like, <clears throat> if I have, you know, 
five proposals out and I land one of those proposals, like that's a lot of my time. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, man, I got all these proposals out. I hope I don't land one of them, you know, or I hope <laughs> I don't get any of them because so there's just so much have your time back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's like, I know I can outsource, but then it's like, I've been on the brink of, um, you know, having so many clients and trying to do so many projects at one time that I end up getting them all finished. They're all good products, but it's like, I know deep down I didn't give the client exactly what they wanted mm. and they hired me for a specific reason and I didn't give them what they wanted. So now that's turned into a lost client, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. for future work. So then now I've changed the philosophy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you guys my time. I'm going to do it right. And we're going to move forward. And it's been, you know, a hundred times better. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, kind of jumping off of that then as far as being in a service-based business, mm -hmm. um, and taking your time for the clients and really providing a, a solid, good product, good yeah. finished product. Um, in relation to that, obviously there's a lot of photographers, a lot of videographers out there, just like there's a lot mm -hmm. of realtors, there's a lot right. of contractors, you know, there's always competition, huge competition, especially in a market that's as busy as the one we're in right now. I feel like everybody's just yeah. oh, always so busy. Everyone's Things are busy. busier now than they have been in a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in the noise of the market, how do you, set yourself apart from competition um and honestly the answer to that could be you just take the clients that that you feel god gives you but i'm just kind of yeah. wondering is is that that literally is like so i had this thing called an sdd it's called a spiritual due diligence list hmm. it's a list of like 15 questions <clears throat> these are my secrets by the way <laughs> <laughs> here we go please take them because they're not secrets yeah but they're just principles but so i, t I had this list <clears throat> it's like i said it's a list of 15 questions it's Literally like here, I'll just pull it up real quick. I'll give you a couple questions. But this list basically is my should I do this list? Should I not do it list? And um, this has basically not not that it's helped me land my clients, but it's helped it's helped me give perspective on what I'm actually good at. Hmm. And let's see. S yeah. So the, literally the list is, you know, is this within and these are not as spiritual as you think they would be. It's like, is this within your realm of work? Does this have a legit place in my portfolio? Is the barrier to entry worth the potential return? Hmm. Does this utilize my natural skills and supernatural gifts? Mm -hmm. So it's like, so you go through that list really fast. It takes me about 10, 15 seconds. And if I got all the answers that I need, I'm like, oh yeah, cool, let's do it. And then I'll send in the proposal. Sometimes it comes back, you know, they, hey, they accept it. Sometimes they don't. But it's like with every single one of my clients, that's what I go through. And I so just for example, like uh, I think it was last week or the week before I had someone call me up like, hey, we're shooting, you know, a pilot TV show, the director and, you know, the DP is not here and we need somebody else to shoot it. Are Ooh, you available? Cool. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, I went through my list and I was like, dang it, there's, there was literally like one question. And it was the last question, which was, you know, do you have peace about the decision? Mm -hmm. I didn't have peace, but all the numbers lined up. I was going to get paid when I wanted to get paid for one day of work. But I told my brother I was going to caddy for him in a qualifier. And my brother, he's a college golfer, so he's really good. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. if he plays well, like, you know, that'd be great. And, you know, he wanted me to caddy for him. So... I called him up. I was like, hey, can you get a backup? Like, I have this job. I really want to do it. And, you know, it's a lot of money. And he goes, well, there's not really. I was Because like, I asked him, I said, am I your first choice or am I a backup choice? He's like, you're my first choice. I was like, mm. okay, great. Uh, so I was like, so then I started to feel really bad. Oh, but I was like, you know man. what? I'm going to I'm gonna ask around. I know some other some other guys who potentially be a lot better than me. Asked them, and they're all like, hey, I'm just, I'm not available. So I'm like, okay, I think this is a sign that I needed to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... The proof goes to show is like I went through my list. I didn't have the confirmation that I needed to have. And if I just stuck to the list and trusted my gut, it would have been like, okay, I'm fine. Like, I'm just, hey, I'm going to have to decline your offer, you know, whatever. Yeah. I would have saved a couple hours of heartache, honestly, because I tried to work it out, you know, so badly. And with you tried this, to make yourself have peace I about it. I tried to make myself have peace about it, trying yeah. to get things lined up. But I'm like, you know what? Family matters so much more than money right now. Yeah. And I decided, I was like, hey, let me go caddy for my brother. And I had a great time. I had fun. My wife came out with me. And, you know, we ended up going out to eat. But anyways, I had a lot of fun <laughs> doing yeah. that, even though I was like, it felt like a missed opportunity. But I'm like, you know, is this an opportunity that, you know, 
that the Lord had really given me because if it was, wouldn't things line up exactly how they needed to be? Yeah. You know, so that's the, how I take it. So when it comes to, you know, you know, getting those clients, like I just go by that list and if I have peace with it, I'll send the proposal. If not, I'll be like, Hey, we just like, we're not a right, we're not the right fit. Like, yeah, that's, and that's perfectly fine. I feel like so many people scratch and claw for every client that they can get. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's something to be said for just being selective and yeah. working with the people who will work the best with you. Right. So that's really interesting. Um, now, did you compile that list yourself or is that something that you It found? was something my business mentor, he had, we were watching this guy, his name's David Hodgkins. He's like out I, in Australia. Have you heard of him? How do I know who that is? He's a huge business guy. Okay. He's like a gazillionaire. I've probably was seen some of his content somewhere. Yeah. So he's out in Australia, but he has this list called the spiritual due diligence list. And we were going through like, I think his company's called Kingdom Investors. Okay. If you find it, um... But we were going to part. We we're going through the course, and that was one of the lessons. And Dave gives you all of his questions, and then my mentor was like, "Hey, take these, create your own list." So I created my own list, which was I think only thirteen questions. So mm. once I made that list, then it was like, "Okay, I have peace with all of these questions that I'm asking myself in yeah. order to get it." So it was from somebody else, and. You know, the idea kinda was, but the took list it itself and, took it to make it. Your and own I honestly, tear, I took man. a lot of his questions too. Oh uh, well, you know, fair very enough. Very few mean, were like mine. Tried and true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool though. I I like. Um, I interned at the uh, county commissioner's office mm -hmm. for a while when I first uh, dropped out of school, and they had, and I actually had a lot of respect for the commissioner that I was interning for because he had seven questions. So anytime anyone came to him with a proposal, he would go down that list of seven questions himself yeah. and he and everybody who worked for him, uh -huh. he's like, don't bring me anything if it doesn't pass these seven questions. If right. any one of these, it doesn't line up then. And it was something like, um, there was a bunch of different like businessy things. And then the very last one was like, uh, cause they're in charge of public policy yeah. a lot of times and, and making changes in communities. Right. And he's like, if my mom lived in this community, would I still make this change? Oh, wow. And I was like, man, that's super powerful that's to deep. make it very, very personal. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I have something similar for myself, just, mm -hmm. you know, not, not, and actually you're making me feel like I should sit down and, and write out a list of questions. I really <laughs> like that idea. Yeah. yeah it's, um, yeah. because I have different principles of like, you know, does this align with my beliefs? Does this mm -hmm. align with my goals? Right. And I feel like that's a very, that's, I really, really like that idea. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, I would I'll love to, to rip you. off those questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, them. if anybody wants them, we could post them in the, in the show notes 100%, as well. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. So, and we're getting, I mean, we're running on time. I feel like we could talk a long time, but um, yeah. having said that, is there any... You can make two episodes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's actually been, we'll have you back is what we'll do. Um, we've had a couple of different people back a second time and a cool. bunch of people we want to have back. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, a few months down the road, just see where you're at, see yeah. how things going. Yeah, 100%. So I have two more questions and they're both kind of, um, I, I hope I'm not just hitting you, blindsiding you with these, but um, is there any questions about your industry or, or about videography, kind of the business that you've built, any questions mm -hmm. that, um, I should ask, but I'm not, you don't know what you don't know. So anything right, that you think would point. be helpful, any like parting thoughts that you have? Um, I feel like you did a really good job because the way I view my industry, it's not any different than how a lot of people view their industry. So mm -hmm. it's like, I help my wife with her business and it's like, we implement the same ideas. It looks a little bit different, but the same ideas, you know, are through, you know, everything. So it's like her, she has a health consulting business. So, oh, cool. you know, I'm like, Hey, what can you outsource to get you to your end result? And like there's, and it's like, it, it's common, but it's also not because it's like with her industry, it's, it, it's a lot of head knowledge. And it's like, she just has to know she went to school for everything, but it, then it's like, okay, well I can send, you know, this and this to a certain lab and have all these tests done for my client and it's like, or you could go to school and get it or you could just outsource your work. Yeah. So it's like, there are a lot of things that are very similar throughout the industry. So, I mean, it's like, I guess, unless you're asking me technical questions, <laughs> it's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. I, um, I would love to get another mic eventually right. and be able to have on some, there's several husband and wife, <laughs> either they're on a team together right. or they run their business together or each of them owns business separately. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that'd be a really interesting uh, conversation to have too with the, with the both of you together. Oh yeah. Um, so finally then, and then we'll let you go. Um, what are you the most excited about in your life right now? What really just fires you up and it doesn't have to be something right. like 
new clients or, or well yeah. it doesn't have to be something cliche like yeah, yeah. that you feel like people within my industry hear. or my life uh just in general either either or so, both both right. give both okay so within i'll just start with my life because um it's easier answer now. <laughs> uh within my life my it'll be me and my wife's two-year anniversary next month so it's oh, like congrats. you know we're still in the technical honeymoon phase and i know a lot of people are like oh it's gonna end it's gonna end but it's like the way that i see it i'm like if you really love your wife and you really have a solid relationship, you live like there, everything is in light. You know everything about that individual. Is yep. like, why would you not enjoy life with that partner? For yeah, that's ever? the right mentality. You know, because it's right. like, you know, I'm a golfer, so I still play a lot of golf. Is like, and there is a pretty bad stigma around like if you follow any golf accounts or any golf meme pages, it's like, you know, the wives get really upset that their boys are going out to play eighteen holes, and like, yeah, like my wife doesn't care if I go out and play 18 holes because it's like, you know, we know everything about each other. We have yeah. nothing to hide. And it's yeah. like, she knows what I'm doing. It's, and there's, it it's makes a healthy it, relationship. It's a very healthy relationship. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's the way that I see it anyway. So it's like, and a lot of the leaders, the, the people that I'm around that are a whole lot older than me, they have relationships. Like they're still in the honeymoon phase. I'm like, yeah. I'm literally watching you guys in the honeymoon phase and you guys have been married for 40, 50 years. Why yeah. can't I have that? Yeah. You know, so when I see that, I'm like, I don't believe all these other people are like, oh, you're, you know, you, yeah, it's going to wear off. Thing. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's a choice. Yeah. It so is. that's what I'm most excited about right now is my two year anniversary coming up. Very <laughs> that's cool. Awesome. All right. And then professionally, what are you most excited about? Where's um, your business heading? So right now I'm working with a couple different ministries, making some videos for them. And I didn't, initially when I started my business, I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't really want to have to work with ministries or do this, even even though I would be passionate about it. But I've recently made a couple videos for some ministries at a high production level, not like at a you know low production level, just yeah. you know, setting a camera up. And obviously they they're you know, they're paid gigs. So it's like whenever I'm able to go in to paid gig, do what I want and my heart aligns with exactly what is going on yeah. i'm like oh this is so cool i'm like this is so much fun i'm like i didn't realize you could get paid a lot of money to you know shoot ministry videos because there is a stigma around like oh you work in the you know you work in the ministry like you must not make a lot of money i'm like uh that's actually not true yeah you know like, there is a lot of money to be made there's a reason they do fundraising and it's and it's like it's kind of come full circle for me. So me working on a lot of those projects, like I get really pumped about it. And that's what's made me realize like I need to give my full attention to these kind of videos. Yeah. As opposed to it just being, you know, another one in the books. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of a stigma around ministry oriented stuff too right. of low production quality. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the the higher production quality that just helps even more. Right. Well, I mean, it's mindset at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like I don't I have never read Rich Dad Poor Dad, but a lot of the <laughs> You should. It's a good book. A lot yeah. of the principles, I think we may have talked about it that one day in the sauna, <laughs> but um it's like those type of principles is really it's the mindset that changes everything. And you see, you know, some of the churches that do have, you know, a poverty mindset. It's like, oh, we can't afford this. We can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Or you have the other churches who they can't afford it and they do fundraise and, you know, they love things at such a high quality. Yeah. I feel like running a church. Well, we talked about that with Jeremy Harris. We had him on the podcast yeah. a while ago. Running a church is running a business yeah it's you are and it's a kind of a bad way to look at it. not a bad way but it's it's a you are providing to, yeah. a product you know and mm -hmm. you have consumers or, or um, it's a fine customers. line because you want to be careful for but sure at the same time if you don't run it like a business that's when you most can churches get, fail yeah mm -hmm. you, you have to you have to walk that if line if you think <coughs> if you if you think about it my throat is really bad you're good man. <laughs> but if you think about it in the uh in the form of a business it's like okay you have your CEO, you have your assistants, your executive assistants, all these people doing all these things. And it's like, you have your head pastor, your lead pastor, your worship pastor. It's like, you have all these other guys doing their job. It's like, well, if you do, you know, have this, you know, you have all these different divisions, like you can run a super effective church That's with right. the right heart. Yeah. And That's right. It's like that ain't any different than running a business. It's you just got to make sure the right people are in the right positions doing the their right job. Mindset. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's right. One hundred percent. That's that's outsourcing too. The pastor can't do everything. Yeah, you know, he, you have yeah. the leader, and then everybody <laughs> exactly. else handles their jobs. So. Exactly. I and have they all a, do it in love. I have a quick, quick yeah, question too. Um, so, one question that I've been asking recently that I want to keep asking, um, mostly because I I'm kind of selfish and I want to learn, yeah. uh, myself. But what what uh, what is the most recent book that you've read or just a book in general that you've read throughout your lifetime that you would highly recommend if anybody were to ask you that question? 
That's uh, tight. So you a I lot. would recommend two books that I've been recommending to a lot of people who specifically have just started a business or they're thinking about getting into you know being an entrepreneur. But it's E Myth Revisited. I don't okay. know if anyone's told you that one. And uh, this other book called Grace Over Grind. I forgot who the author is, okay. but Grace Over Grind basically tells you is like there's so much more grace in like what you're going to do that you don't have to work. It's like you do hear that grind mentality. It's like we gotta grind it out, we gotta do yeah. it. It's like that's very true on the visible side. Like you know, I'm trying to get that summer beach bot or whatever. <laughs> but when it comes to is like in the industry, it's like you can you know work yourself to death and yeah. you can grind your way to getting the deals that you want. Or you can just rely on the grace of the Lord to give you mm. exactly what you want and exactly what you need in the right timing. That same because concept you were talking about it's earlier. It's the same yeah. thing. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, those are the two books I recommend. Awesome. Interesting. Love it. I love that, man. Okay. So last question. Um, and it's not really a question, but where can people find more about you, the business? Where do you want us yeah. to send people? Uh, send me, send them to my Facebook page uh, at JD Cobb Productions. I have a JD Cobb Productions and then a JD Cobb Productions dash weddings page. So if you want to see more, you know, branding stuff or Aesthetic corporate videos. stuff, you go there. If you want to see all my wedding stuff, it's just, you know, at JDCP underscore weddings at JDCP underscore branding. Awesome. Very cool. Love it. We'll link right, those man. in the description. Yeah, we sure will. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, really. thanks for having Who me. Who knew uh, two guys just sweating out in a sauna? I know. <laughs> I'm, heading, of a I'm going to the gym right now. Are you really? Okay, yeah. good awesome. for you, man. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, JD. Yeah. We'll get this uh, to you in the next couple of days. Sweet. And uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate everybody for listening. Yeah. Thanks Sweet. so much. And that was our interview with JD Cobb. Hope you guys enjoyed that. JD is just a really. Um, genuine guy. I really felt like he had a lot to offer and a unique perspective. He offered some things that we hadn't heard before on the podcast. Um, yeah, I really he, enjoyed it. I, I really like his perspective on things. Um, and I also, I, obviously you've already heard the episode when you're hearing this, but I, I really just like the, the different tips he would have given his younger self and the different, um, the different things he's implementing in his life now to make sure that he's optimizing his time to the fullest. Yep. Um, that's one thing that's really difficult for business owners to tune in, um, to fine tune rather, not tune in, but, uh, but to really dial in. So he, he obviously is continuing to seek improvement, but the way that he's going about it is really just, um, genuine. Like you said, it's really, really powerful. So, um, that's yep. definitely something that I took away from the episode. Yeah. He's doing big things, but he's got his priorities straight. Mm-hmm. And I love to see people like that who have their, their personal life as a priority and their business supplements that, um, it's easy to lose track of that track of that sometimes. So anyway, that's episode 43. Again, if you're still here, we appreciate you listening. Um, we really do our best to provide valuable content to you guys. So um, go check us out on social media and go check out another episode if you're still here. Um, again, appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm.